so much for joining our podcast this month. I'm Beth Hasted from Unum, same as I've always been every month. And today we're going to be actually focusing on oral health, which I really do believe is an essential ingredient to general health and well-being. It's a very small part of the body, but actually can have such a massive impact on how we are feeling and engaging. So I'm joined today by Dr. Thana Abdullah, who is a dentist, and we're going to discuss the importance of good oral health and hygiene. So, Thana, it would be great if you can introduce yourself. Hi, Beth. Thanks for that. I'm Thana. I'm a dentist currently working in the Midlands. Um, I graduated in Leeds in 2005 and I'm currently working as a general dentist in a very busy NHS practice. Um, I'm doing some postgraduate training in endodontics, which is uh, root canal treatment. Okay, so we have had this discussion already, but the root canal treatment to me is an absolutely petrifying idea. Um, but you're already, we open my eyes that you're going to make this revolutionary for people <laughs> to go through. So it's, it's, it gets a lot of bad press. It's not as bad as people think. And if you if you Google root canal treatment or speak to friends about it, they, they you generally get some horror stories. But um, most people, they find it very comfortable. They don't feel a thing. With root canal treatments, uh, it can be quite a worrying procedure. Um, but just speak to your dentist and, and ask him or her to put your mind at ease regarding this treatment. Um, but like I said, it's not as bad as as people do make make it out to be well I have I think I have had it in the past but I actually the worst thing I ever had to do was I had a tooth removed that was a healthy tooth because I had a brace and I talk about this in a second I had um I had a brace as an adult and I had to take the good teeth out and leave leave the bad tooth that actually had had all the work done just because of the position pure cosmetics ended up having to have a good tooth oh. removed and still got the bad one in there which isn't ideal which yeah, actually brings me on to the next bit so we've all suffered toothache or the horror of losing a tooth and I mean I've had a brace as an adult and my mum has actually had some of her teeth cosmetically enhanced we both have the same kind of tooth uh, genetics and instead of having a brace my mum actually had hers like taken out and had the sticks like put in she'd hate me telling this but then one of them fell out you know like these things and and I think that that experience of, of not having a tooth or wanting to improve your teeth and all of that there's so much to be said for for that kind of cosmetics and and that winning smile piece that's the the kind of the more superficial element but from a, both a health perspective and then that kind of self-esteem and well-being piece I think we we just don't put enough emphasis on the importance of looking after our our teeth and our and our oral hygiene. And a, a healthy mouth can actually help with your nutrition, can enhance your social interactions, you know, in terms of confidence and things like that. But I think, and this is me making an assumption because I'm not the expert here, which is why I've brought you along. I think you know, lifestyle and behaviour can actually have an impact on the risks associated with all health issues. I kind of think a little bit kind of sugar and and that but I've just thought of things like smoking and stuff as well it, you know there must be so many lifestyle impacts so you're going to tell us more about that link between lifestyle behavior and the impact on our teeth and oral well-being please being the expert <laughs> yeah, no I agree with everything you, you say and it's, it's surprising how many mixed messages there are out there um especially with them um, you think with the um invention of Google and, and being able to, to look things up on the, on the internet, um, people would have more access to the information that they need, but it's, 
there's just so many mixed messages out there. So I completely understand why people are confused with um, how to go about about these things. So in terms of um, dental decay, um, most people know that it's caused by sugar. Um, also bacteria is involved and it needs a, a long period of time for it to start to um, set in. So um, what you can do to prevent cavities from starting is use a fluoride toothpaste. Um, also, your saliva will neutralise any any acids in your mouth and help prevent cavities from, from developing. So the important thing that we, we want to try and get across um, regarding looking after your teeth is um, reducing the amount of sugar in your diet, uh, reducing the amount of bacteria in your mouth, um, which is done by brushing and cleaning in between your teeth. So TP brushes and flossing is, ve is very important to prevent cavities. Obviously, in with the absence of cavities, you, you expect an absence of bacteria, you expect to be less discomfort, less pain and less issues um, with your teeth. And then with that becomes less fear of visiting the dentist. It's really important that we empower patients into looking after their teeth, not just for the cosmetic issues, which um, tends to um, have a big impact on your um on your daily life in terms of speaking and smiling and, and just your general confidence. But we, we also need to um, emphasise the importance of having teeth which are functional so you can chew and um, have a nutritious uh, diet as, as a result of that and also be being pain free. So lots of people will tolerate very, very high levels of pain just because of the fear of going to the dentist. And all that pain um, and all the issues is preventing preventable if we just go back to basics and educate patients regarding their, their diet and their oral hygiene. So essentially that's that's what we need to do as as a profession is just to um, to help patients to um, just empower themselves into preventing problems um, which again is is not just the, the smile aspect it is the function and, and being pain-free and being and, and not worrying about having that visit to the dentist and not knowing what's going to happen and whether they're going to lose their teeth or end up wearing dentures or having expensive treatment that they they, they worry that they can't afford. So is, there's a, is there a thing about fear? Is there is there a fear, do you think? I mean, I've gone ever since I was a little girl. It's not been any concern to me and I do the same for my daughter. But I know some people genuinely like will only go when they're I've known people to pull their own teeth out because they're too scared to go is that is that a real thing then it is it is a real thing um pulling your own teeth out some people they have an advanced gum disease where their teeth will loosen it can get to the stage where even me as a dentist I can um number patient up and and remove the tooth just with my fingers it, it, it's they put up no resistance oh. if you leave it to a certain point there's no resistance um, so it's yeah, it's possible to take your own teeth out. It's not something that we we recommend, or we want patients to be in that that predicament. <laughs> we do understand that fear can lead them to these places where they feel like they've got no option, which is re really unfortunate. However, we do know that um, increased fear comes with bad experience at the dentist, which is usually as a result of needing lots of treatment. Which again, right. it comes back to basics. Um, so especially in childhood, if you've had a bad childhood experience, it's that experience will be with you for the rest of your life. Then you've also automatically got a barrier to seeing the dentist. And then you tend to leave things to to uh, deteriorate. 
and then you're in a, in a situation where you, you may need several extractions which is very upsetting it has a big impact on your life it's um, quite a spiral isn't it you don't look after your teeth as well as you could so then you get bad teeth and then when you go to the dentist you have a really bad experience because you've got this bad teeth and then you don't want to go back again so then you don't go back and you don't, and you don't ever act you've got to, you've got to kind of change it and think how can I actually you know have good good behaviors in terms of looking after my teeth thinking about smoking and the things that can actually cause a problem um, I think that's really so it seems like quite tangible things that we could be doing yeah. and then like you say you won't have that bad experience and you'll go and they'll check them up and go oh off you go <laughs> nothing to do here nothing to see yeah. you know you're right about the um the whole smoking smoking issue does cause us a problem as a profession we do um regularly uh, to check when patients come for a checkup we do do a routine oral cancer screening we do hope to pick up things in its early stages. So often an oral cancer might present as just a little ulcer or a little red patch or a little white patch or something that just doesn't look right. And we have the um, the two week pathway we're very lucky to have. So um, we can refer a patient on um, to the MaxFax department at the hospital to have a look and possibly biopsy the, the lesion that we've we've spotted. Um, uh, so, so it's important to come regularly for your checkups just to catch things early because these they're much much more treatable when they're caught early the same with anything same with cavities gum disease if we catch it early we've got a much better chance of, of um, preventing it from escalating so we're very keen for people to come in regularly we're very keen to educate them on the impacts that smoking and even um, consumption of alcohol has on their chances of developing oral cancer um, particularly when the um, smoking and or can, um, smoking and alcohol are done in combination, uh, the chance of developing oral cancer is significantly higher. With this cancer, it's it's uh, I believe it's one of the top ten cancers in the UK. And it's higher in men. There was eight thousand in the UK. Eight thousand people were diagnosed with mouth cancer in the UK last year. That's that would be 2019. Yeah. It is frightening and it is getting more prevalent. Um, but the good thing is it is largely preventable just um, by giving up smoking and um, reducing the amount of alcohol and just not combining them um, will dramatically reduce your chances of developing oral cancer. So just getting that message across is very, very important to us as the profession. Writing these things down so we can capture them um, as we go, smoking and drinking in combination, which is it, which is generally how they go, isn't it? People have a drink exactly. and then they fancy smoke. I mean, I haven't smoked for years, but they when I was giving up smoking, it was always that kind of having a drink meant that I wanted to smoke. And now I don't at all. But drinking... I've done an alcohol podcast. I've done a podcast on preventing cancers in general. Alcohol is linked to so many cancers in women. Alcohol is linked to higher risk of breast cancer. It's linked to, um, you know, just uh, so many other cancers of the body as well. And now I, I've it's added oral uh, mouth cancer and mm -hmm. I didn't know that and I I mean I'm stopping drinking as of tomorrow I'm locked down I'm going to get lean in <laughs> lockdown <laughs> um, but it's I, I didn't even know that that one's a real a, a new one on me so I've, I've learned something already um, 
yeah I mean that's it's um I don't smoke so luckily I'm I'm only 50 percent of uh, the issues but um it's good to know that the, you know the early checkups and that that bit about you know if you have got people might just think it's a little ulcer or I think it's a little lesion but if you're not going to the dentist regularly you can't get it checked or if you're scared of going um and then that's when it's not caught as early as it could be so you're missing out on that opportunity to um to get it like you say that two-week pathway is really good so obviously we know that getting to a dentist you, know, you said about getting in if you do see an issue we haven't been able to people haven't been able to get in to see a dentist as much during the, the kind of the pandemic um and my, actually my dentist recently said that when I went in and took my daughter she's they were only allowing children to get checkups um and adults could only have an appointment if they had pain so what would your suggestions for like maintaining a healthy set of healthy set of gnashes um if you can't actually get into the dentist I think you're right in what you said when um during the pandemic during lockdown People had no structure in their days, generally speaking, and, and the whole issue of organising your meals just completely went. People are snacking throughout the day. That's From a dental perspective, that's the worst thing you can do. It's really important that you organise your meals so you have your three meals and no more than two snacks. And just try and avoid it. The, the, snacks, in, the snacks in the meals includes drink. So um, if you have your drink, have whatever, whatever you drink straight after a meal or during snack time. Um, it just helps helps your teeth cope with the amount of sugar and acids. So your teeth are able to neutralise the acids in, in um, if you're having only five exposures. So, um, for example, if you had a large bunch of grapes um, and you ate them, you, pe- you picked at them throughout the day, that's going to have a much higher impact on your um, oral health than if you were just to eat the whole bunch of grapes in, in one go. So we prefer you to have have everything in one go, then then spread it out throughout the day. That that makes sense. If you, oh, you stand go- gorging sounds perfect to me. I'm gorging <laughs> is the way forward. I'm totally down for a good old gorge. <laughs> There'll be a lot of people when you're talking about grapes thinking, oh, cheese and grapes. I am totally <laughs> down for this particular recommendation. <laughs> with uh, with drinking, with we um with drinking particularly fizzy drinks, if that's consumed with a straw, um the drink will bypass your your teeth um largely, so it's it's not, it's going to have less of an impact. So I think I think during the um during the lockdown when when people are you know working from home, um I think it's important just to to bear that in mind that the frequency of of what you're putting um what you're eating, um and how that's going to have an impact on your teeth. Um, do you recommend investing in a good toothbrush? I, I personally prefer the Sonic ones, um, but a good electric toothbrush um, and a fluoride toothpaste. There are some toothpastes that are um, high in fluoride that are not available to buy from supermarkets. They're on prescription only. So if anyone's high risk of developing uh, cavities, if you were to make an appointment with your dentist or even have a chat over the phone about it, with your dentist, they can provide a prescription for this toothpaste. It's very handy when, when we see people, patients coming in repeatedly needing fillings and it's disheartening for them and it's just disheartening for us. So it's, it's a little thing that we can do, do just to help them prevent further cavities from developing. So it's, it's worth just having a chat with the dentist about, about that and seeing if, if that, that can be provided. Um, mouthwashes, they're not that useful after brushing. Um, so you get fluoride from your toothpaste. There's no, not really much benefit in having fluoride from your mouthwash straight after. But it can help um, to have it, for example, uh, around midday. 
um, just to help top up the amount of fluoride you have in, in your day, um, a mouthwash at um, some point after lunch might help just to prevent further cavities. That's a really interesting topic. And I have heard the thing about the mouthwash. So the, uh, the dentist recently said, oh, you don't want a mouthwash after you've cleaned your teeth, particularly kind of in children, so, so they can keep that toothpaste like on their teeth, I suppose, as opposed to them washing it all the way with the mouthwash. Um, and I was like, I've never, I've always, you always think that you do all of it together. I think it's probably more of an advertising marketing thing, isn't it? Kind of, um, they sell a toothpaste everyone's always just cleaned their teeth and then they mouthwash but actually it's kind of undoing half of the job that the toothpaste has done isn't it it? Is. it is we do we do also recommend as you said just just spit the toothpaste out after brushing and not rinse it away so exactly as you said but um it's surprising how many people don't don't actually know that so it's we need to get the message across um about the um about not rinsing the fluoride away okie dokie so we've got um gor gorging our food <laughs> limiting our exposures eating all the grapes at the same time <laughs> but actually that's a really useful one mariah carey's a big fan of drinking a fizzy drink with a straw but that's she drinks everything with a straw so she doesn't make her teeth stained because she likes to have bright white teeth but big big mariah carey trick there using the electric <laughs> toothbrush having the kind of high fluoride or if you get lots of cavities having the, the, the kind of prescription fluoride stuff thinking about when you actually use your mouthwash and not taking your um you know not using it after you've cleaned your teeth necessarily but maybe using it midday i have to admit everything i buy tea i'm going to look at all of my toothpastes and mouthwashes now because everything i get is all i mess i'm very much from essex you can obviously tell from my voice but uh, everything is about having white teeth. So all my all my toothpaste, all my mouth, everything I use is just aimed at having white teeth. I don't actually make much of a thought process about the fluoride of the cavity thing, as long as my teeth are as white and straight as possible. So I, I'm going to have a look at all of the stuff that's in my in my um, bathroom now. Yeah, this is another common issue that we have. So um, some of the whitening toothpastes are quite abrasive. Right. So it's it's brilliant for smoking stains. Um, also, you can get stain from like chlorhexidine, like corset or mouthwashes. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's good for that. It will move, remove um, superficial stains, but it can be indiscriminate and also can remove some enamel. Uh, so over long periods of time, if you use very abrasive tooth toothpastes, you will end up with darker teeth. So it's it's not it's not something I recommend at all. Um. If a patient came to me and wanted whiter teeth, I would not tell them to, to use a whitening toothpaste. It would That's be really useful um, to know. Yeah, it would be white. Just have professional whitening. Um, it's the best way to 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 get the result you want, rather than scrubbing away at the enamel. Mm. Particularly if you, if it's done straight after a meal or straight after a drink, you're making things worse. Uh, there'll be a lot of people out there thinking oh gosh I have to revisit my you, uh, you know what my granddad used to do this will make you feel really awful he was a smoker and he used to go to his dentist appointment every six months but before he went he used to get he's old he's very very old he's no longer with us bless his heart he didn't want to get in trouble so he never needed a fill in and he where he died with his full set of teeth at 80 odd years old but he used to get do you remember powder Ajax powder bleach <laughs> he used yes. to put it on his toothbrush scrub his teeth with it I don't know how he even did it and then he used to go to the dentist oh lovely Mr Hussey your teeth are absolutely beautiful and that was it that was all he did once he obviously cleaned his teeth twice
way. Um, but he was a heavy, heavy smoker. But he was so embarrassed about how bad it was. He just used to use pure powder bleach. I bet that was very bad for his teeth. I'm sure that's not really I bet he did have white teeth in the end, though, with with all that bleach on them. They weren't, no, because I think because he smoked like 30 cigarettes a day, they would just almost just go back to <laughs> next day. They'd be back to normal. How he didn't have sensitive teeth and how he never had any fillings, no idea. Um, but that is, he's the myth. That is not normal at all, is it? Um, so, <laughs> so we mentioned actually about snacking um, and there's some really interesting stats with regards to snacking with regards to kind of lockdown and um, more than a third of adults are snacking more since lockdown and actually in under 35 year olds believe it or not I'm actually not in that category I'm older than that category it's 61 percent are snacking more so that's kind of wow. sweets and sugary treats and um and, and obviously that can have an impact on our physical health because if we, I think most people are, you know, the lockdown stone. But then that, like you just mentioned, is going to impact on our oral health as well. Now, you've mentioned a few things with regards to kind of those things that people should or shouldn't be doing. You know about mouthwash and not using the mouthwash after cleaning your teeth. But is there any other kind of dental urban legends that we can get to the bottom of right now? And just thinking what else, could, you know, that people may or may not know when it comes to to, to keeping their teeth in the right place. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of TP brushing, which are, I don't know if you know what they are. They're little incidental brushes. So yes, that sees me will not get away without having a being having a demonstration of how these brushes work so that you pass them in between your teeth mm. um which helps uh, prevent cavities that's generally start in between the teeth where the toothbrush doesn't access um and also prevents gum disease uh, if i do a demonstration on the patient i choose the right size for them and also it's worth knowing that every gap might require a different size brush. Patients will go home, they'll try it, and they, they pass the toothbrush in between the teeth, and it makes their gums bleed. And then they stop using them because they think that it's the brush that's making the gums bleed, when it's actually they've got gum disease. The only way to break the cycle um, is to brush more, is to remove the plaque and the bacteria sat in between the teeth that's irritating the gums that's making them bleed. So it's a matter of um, just um, persisting with the with the incidental brushes and eventually after roughly about a week you'll find that they, they will stop bleeding um and then when you keep using them then they just they don't bleed at all so you've it's the way of curing the gum disease yourself obviously as, as dentists we play a part in this we need to ensure that your teeth have been um scaled and, and, and they're cleaned regularly professionally if there's any mm. tartar in between the teeth and un, under the gums removed but 90 percent of the work of, of preventing gum disease is, is done by the patient so there's a big emphasis on our part to make sure that the patient knows what they're doing with brushing um, and cleaning and, and to, to know the importance of um, of persevering with these brushes to ensure that they do have good oral health in the, in the end. Also another um, important that we try and educate our patients on is when they quit smoking and I know you've been through this when you quit smoking you might find that suddenly your gums start to bleed uh, and it's very alarming for, for, for a smoker who has gone all mm. their smoking life without any bleeding gums. And it's because the, the, the smoking has a masking effect on gum disease. So there's less blood going to the gums. You've got um, irritation from the bacteria under the gums. It, it won't 
it won't show as much in a, in a smoker as it would in a non-smoker. So we get a lot, lot of patients, they quit smoking, suddenly their gums start bleeding and they, they think they've gone from a state of health to deterioration. And it's actually the opposite way around. So we need to encourage the blood supply to help to fight that gum disease. And then eventually the bleeding will stop. Again, with the same same methods um, in a non-smoker. So good oral hygiene, uh, good incidental cleaning. Um, so we need to go through that period of quitting smoking, allowing the blood flow, preventing the the, um, the bacteria build up with the TP brushes, and then resume back to oral um, oral health. So I think that 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 is a myth that any that I think is important to um, explain to patients. So they don't worry about the sudden bleeding. That's a really, I I love those interdental things. I used to use them when I had my brace, but actually, you uh, you know, to clean clean inside the brace, uh, the train tracks. But mm-hmm. I use them now for actually in between my teeth. And I just feel like a, a lot cleaner um, and it makes such a difference. How frequently should you be doing this? Because I do it kind of once a week or so. Is it, would you want to be doing it every day or alternate days or? Every, every day. Um, I personally do it twice a day um wow. I, I know that's a big ask of, of patients to do it twice a day but um ideally once a day um, okay but everyone's different some people have very tight gaps and they can't get the, the brushes through so so floss would be a, a better oh yeah um, better option um but yeah ideally once a day well i'm i'm six six days a week lacking there <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been so insightful I I genuinely you know you you obviously grow up cleaning your teeth you've got them all the time and like I say my obsession has always just been to have white teeth and straight teeth but I you've really just for me you've put at the forefront of my mind the importance of some of those absolute basics and things that we need to be doing Um, and I think people forget how much your lifestyle can really have an impact on your oral health from the way you snack the things that you're drinking how you're drinking it even um and then uh, you know smoking alcohol things like that it's they're, they're obviously so important for eating and and things like that but also as part of your self self esteem and, and pride in your appearance so the things that i've been getting in terms of the hints and tips and you see if you want to add anything else to it was you know that fluoride toothpaste piece um making sure that we're really reducing that bacteria that's in our mouth and 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 the, the sugar there um making sure that we are brushing at least like twice a day and not um necessarily mouth washing afterwards but mouth washing maybe um midway through the day as well um flossing or the interdental pieces smoking and drinking combined are really bad for your teeth and your oral health but smoking um but um is a com- combination but both of them separately are still just as bad then we've got our gorging in terms of you know trying to limit your exposures to you know the the kind of the, the sugar and and the food that is is going to contribute to the decay and, and stuff in your mouth um drinking when you're having a meal or with a snack so that you're not having multiple exposures which has made me really think because i have a two litre bottle of squash a day I need to take the squash out and just be drinking the water because that's a constant every few minutes I'm having another drink um electric toothbrushes are the most um effective mm-hmm. um and probably stop looking at the whitening stuff <laughs> Um, because they're most likely removing my enamel and then yeah so is there anything else this is your opportunity to just you know 
highlight the importance of like prevention of all health issues, good strong teeth, overall well-being. Is there anything else to add to that? Yes, I think when um, when a patient comes for an appointment, if they were faced with the prospect of losing the tooth, any tooth, the options are not not brilliant to replace for replacing that tooth. So, for example, if it was a front tooth, it, it's devastating. It has a big impact on on your your life, but the options we give for replacement is an implant, which they're very expensive. You're looking at around two and a half thousand pounds on average to have that, that tooth replaced with an implant. It, it is a great option. It's like having your own tooth again, but very, very costly. So preventing the, the tooth loss is very important to, to prevent a patient from being in that predicament where they have to choose between the other options would be um, a denture, which it has a lot of bad press and no one likes the thought of a dentist having a plastic plate that you, you remove at night um, and just knowing that there's a gap there. It's, it, it does have a big impact on your self-esteem. The third option would be to have a bridge, which involves preparing a, a healthy tooth um, on either side of the gap, sometimes one side of the gap, sometimes both. But it puts um, it puts extra strain on, on that healthy tooth to bear the weight of an extra tooth. So all three options have their advantages and disadvantages, but it's, it's not an easy conversation to have with a patient if they're facing losing that, that tooth. So again, as a profession, we're really keen to prevent tooth loss because we, we're fully aware of the impact it has on someone's life, financially, socially and functionally. Well, you've, that's petrified me now. I'm just sorry. Thinking. Uh, no, it's great. I'm definitely. I'm, <laughs> you know, it's been really, really, really useful. And I just, I just want to thank you so much for your time. Um, and the, the information that you've imparted on us is, is absolutely, it's so useful. And so many people, like you know, you, you lose days from work, and toothache is is a really horrible experience. Um, but then there's all of the other parts of it that we've talked about in terms of the psychological impact of the experience of going to the to the dentist tooth removal um behaviors lifestyle etc and so i just want to say thank you very much and we will see you for the next podcast thank you very much for joining you're welcome thank you